You're listening to Scaling Up Services, where we speak with entrepreneurs, authors, business experts, and thought leaders to give you the knowledge and insights you need to scale your service-based business faster and easier. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeld. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash Thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash Thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Devin Burke. He is CEO, which is Chief Energy Officer for Sleep Science Academy. And we're going to talk to him about really what goes into performance really are the the factors that go into really being a high-performance professional, a high-performance player, and uh, his background in sleep and performance coaching, international speaker, author. We're going to talk to him about the work that he's done and hopefully learn a couple of things. I think a lot of folks listening to this program, you know, realize that, you know, people are their greatest assets inside service companies. You know, unfortunately, people are complicated, you know, biological systems, and there's lots of things that go into making those systems work and certainly kind of sleep and uh, that process is a huge, huge factor along with many, many others. And we're going to talk to Devin about what he's learned and and hopefully he can share some insights about uh, how to make sure that not only your people, but you as a professional are also high performance, hopefully help you figure out how to grow your company, scale your company in a smart way. So with that, Devin, welcome to the program. Oh, thanks for having me, Bruce. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm I'm excited too. I always love people that have really kind of dug into topics and, you know, things that really drive performance. I think so much of our culture is just go, go, go. And, you know, how do I work 80 hours a week and, you know, just kind of brute force performance that I think over having tried this for many years, I've realized doesn't always work. So I'm excited to kind of have a conversation with you about learning, yeah, what you've really learned about the um, sleep side of things. So why don't we start with a little bit of background? How did you get into this? Like, what was the backstory that, that really kind of had you focus on uh, this particular domain? And then we'll talk a little bit about the work you're doing and, and what you've learned. Yeah. So for me, actually, I, I originally was, uh, I got into a doctoral program to be a physical therapist and, and I was on track to be a, you know, physical therapist. And, and actually I was in Europe. I did a little tour through Europe and I was really thinking about, Hey, what am I really passionate about? What, what do I feel like I really am here to do? And I realized it wasn't being a physical therapist. So <laughs> that led me to, to begin to, you know, really do some soul searching and, and explore, well, okay, what is it that I'm really interested in? And um, so I started to study nutrition and health and I, I did a bunch of certification programs and started to get on the seminar track and go to all these different, you know, gurus of health and you know, Tony Robbins and all these different people that are offering a lot of kind of alternative education. And through that process, I realized that I, I wanted to really help people increase their, their health and performance. And so I, I started a, uh, a coaching company essentially to help people do that, which evolved into helping people sleep. And it really was, it was a couple of years ago, it was about five years ago that one of my clients was having issues with, with his sleep. And I had never studied sleep specifically and all these different, you know, health modalities that I studied, nutrition, you know, fitness, 
you know, mental performance, mindfulness, but I never really heard or learned that much about sleep. And so I started to dive into sleep to try to help this one particular client. And I realized that it's the foundation of health and it's the biggest lever we can pull to increase our mental capacity. It's the biggest lever we can pull to increase our energy. And a lot of people struggle with it and there's not a lot of good solutions out there. And so that led me to found sleep science Academy. And we specifically help people with chronic insomnia, but it's, it's just, it's incredible how much sleep actually impacts our waking performance And so, um, you know, so I I did some experiments on myself over the years. And then for my TEDx talk, I took 20 high performers and ran them through a case study program to see how it increased their mental capacity and their physical energy and their emotional health. And the results were were really interesting. Yeah, I can imagine. I think anyone who's listening to the program, I don't know if you have children, but anyone who's listening to the program has gone through kind of early stages of childhood. I always always jokingly refer to it as adventures in sleep deprivation. It is is debilitating (laughs) at times. Yeah, you know, I don't have any kids, so I I have yet to experience that. But I I have a lot of friends with young young, uh, children. And that you, you really don't realize how important sleep is until you don't have it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's uh, most people, most people really don't realize we're chronic. They're chronically sleep deprived. Yeah. So they're walking around in a kind of a zombie state or they think that they're at a high level of performance. But that level of performance is there. It's just it's they're maybe operating at 75% capacity because they're sacrificing sleep. But they think that that they're like full tilt, you know, and, um, you know, there's a lot of really interesting entrepreneurs and people that are now huge components of sleep, Jeff Bezos being one of them, because they realize how big of an impact it makes on decision-making. Yeah, no, it's huge. I'm curious, like, as you've dug into this, like, what do we know about sleep and what do we not know about sleep? Because it, it feels like one of those domains that we've certainly learned a lot in the last couple of decades, but it still feels like there's some things that are just like, we still don't really understand how sleep works, why it's important or, or what the mechanics are. I mean, what, given your depth into this, like, what do we know and what do we not know about sleep? Well, we know a lot more than we used to know. Let's put it that way. So over the last 10 years, um, Matthew Walker, he's a PhD out in, I believe UC Berkeley, I think is where he does a lot of his research. He wrote the, the book, Why We Sleep, Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams. And he really is, I would say, the pioneer who's leading all of the cutting edge sleep science research on how and why it's so important to sleep. So, you know, we now know that when we're not sleeping, we can, we know the link between sleep deprivation and disease. And so that's one of the biggest factors as far as protecting your health. There's I mean, there's a lot of research, there's a lot of evidence that links when you are chronically sleep deprived, your increased risk of cancer, of diabetes, of obesity, you know, all the things that kill most people significantly increase. So just from a from a longevity standpoint, you know, we know that and that's because sleep's when your body recovers. That's when your immune system activates and removes, you know, beta amyloid, which is the plaque that builds up on our brains that causes Alzheimer's and dementia. So this is all, you know, recently it's more and more is coming to light as technology has increased and more people, the more people realize how important it is to, to protect and prioritize sleep, you know, the more funds are being funneled back into doing some more research to, to understand it at an, even a deeper level. Yeah. And what is 
the right amount of sleep? I mean, because I think that's, you know, uh, is there too much sleep? You know, what, what's not enough sleep? How do you figure this number out for folks? Yeah, that's the money question. And yeah. to be honest, so the National Sleep Foundation recommends between seven and nine hours. So most people are getting less than seven hours, especially high performers, entrepreneurs, you know, business owners, executives, and they kind of wear it like a badge on their chest. Like, oh, I don't need sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so that's kind of a cultural problem. Sleep seen as a weak habit of low performers. Sleep seen as lazy. It's seen as is something that we do when we're dead. Something that, we, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, how many times have you heard you snooze, you lose? Yeah. You know, you know, there's all these cultural stigmas around sleep. And so especially for high driving, achieving people, you know, they have this connotation that they don't have time to sleep, that that is a waste of time. In reality, you know, sleep is when our mind and our body recover. And if, you know, if you value recovery and you value your mental health and you value energy and health in general, it's like, that's, that's something you have to prioritize. Yeah. So seven, seven to nine hours. And, you know, there is some new interesting research on chronobiology mm-hmm. and Dr. Michael Bruce is, is a very famous sleep doctor who um, wrote a book called The Power of When. And he talks about the different types of chronotypes, which essentially we have what's called our circadian rhythm, which is our body's clock, right? So everybody has a little bit of a unique chronotype, a unique body clock based off of their genetics. And what he's found in his practice is that you can kind of leverage your schedule based off your chronobiology. So based off of your unique genetic makeup Mm -hmm. for your sleep, essentially, you can find, hey, what is the optimal time to go to bed? How much sleep do you need? When should you, you know, be having sex? When should, when, when should you, mm-hmm. you know, be working out? All based off of your body's chronobiology. So that's pretty interesting for those people that are kind of science nerds that yeah. want to dive into that. But it's it's a whole field of study that's kind of just really starting to be a focus in, 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 in sleep. And you find this by kind of tracking data and experimenting with different patterns and seeing what results or what... How do you figure this out? Yeah, that's a great question. So, so there are quizzes. There are he has a quiz on his website, Power When Quiz. But there, before he kind of this has been around for for quite some time. You know, early early birds. You know, night owls. Yeah, that's essentially chronobiology. So now it's he's kind of taken it to another level. But there are certain quizzes you can take online that will say, hey, they'll ask you a certain thing, a certain set of questions, and then it'll say, okay, based off of these answers, most likely you are a night owl or a morning lark. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of rudimentary, but now there are some genetic tests that are coming out that's mm. really cool that are able to kind of point to the direction more scientifically versus just the you know subjective answering a few questions. Yeah, yeah. But that's kind of just starting to really come to light. And I'm not sure how accurate those tests are yet. Yeah, yeah. And, and what are the factors that go into kind of sleep? I mean, you mentioned, you know, working out, you mentioned sex, you mentioned, I think we, we've talked about like eating and, you know, type, you know, screen time and these things. Like when you, when you're working with folks around developing, kind of optimizing their sleep system, sleep pattern, what are the, what are the factors or what are the things you're playing with or, or changing in terms of their behaviors? Yeah. So in sleep, we, in sleep science, we call that sleep hygiene or okay. you know, yeah. it's essentially yeah. it's your habits, your rituals, your routines around sleep. Huh. There are several things that you can do to, to really optimize sleep. The first thing 
is really to track it because we manage what we measure. So in my company, we use a device called the Aura Ring. It's a little device you put on your finger. I have one, yeah. Fantastic. So yeah, yeah, so you can, you know, the first thing is you can't manage what you're not measuring. So measuring sleep is important. I think that's the most accurate and best device to do that because then you could start to pull some of these sleep hygiene levers and see, well, is this making a difference? And most importantly, am I feeling different? You know, so it's one thing to get data, another thing, Thing to know what to do with that data. But one of the, the big factors that I found a lot with people that are looking to optimize quality of sleep is meal timing. So a lot of times we eat way too late at night. Yeah. And if you think about it, what's the purpose of sleep? It's to recover, right? So it's not to digest our food. So energy is being diverted into the stomach to digest food where it should be, you know, diverted into cleaning up our cells, which is why we sleep, right? Is moving out all the, the dangerous cells that have been damaged throughout the day. So making sure that you have like a three to four hour window, like a fasting window before mm-hmm. you go to sleep has been shown to help with deep sleep specifically, Yeah, which is like the stage of sleep when your body really recovers the most. It's when testosterone and growth hormone are released. It's like that is, and it happens in the first quarter of the night. That's why, you know, if you're eating too close to bedtime, that gets impacted. You know, REM sleep, rapid eye movement is another really important stage of sleep. And when we're talking about sleep quality, we're talking about deep sleep or delta sleep and REM sleep or rapid Mm -hmm. eye movement. REM sleep is kind of when your brain starts to move out all of the the toxins. It's when you dream. It's when you're... And so there's certain levers you can pull to increase REM sleep. And one of the things that most people abuse is the blue light. Yep. You know, it's so easy to continue to work into the night. And it's it's also so easy just to throw on some blue blocking glasses and, a, and a, you know, uh, there's a ton of apps out there that filter out blue light that do make a difference because your brain doesn't know the difference between blue light coming from the sun and blue light coming from your, your computer or your, yeah. or your device. So, you know, making sure you have enough time, you close out your day and you, you turn off the screens and you turn off half the lights in your house. I mean, that makes a difference. Yeah, just just generally lower the light level. Exactly. Yeah, yeah so that's been shown to increase, you know, quality of... And for how long, like what's the, is this, is this time of day or is this hours before you try to sleep? What's the target? Yeah, really hours before you try to sleep. Because again, everyone, depending on your chronotype, if you really want to get nitty gritty, some people are going to be going, their optimal bedtime might be like 12 o'clock, you know, versus other people might be like nine o'clock, you know? So if you have the flexibility and your schedule allows it and you can, can really start to understand your chronobiology, then you can kind of start to build a schedule, a nighttime ritual around shutting things down to prepare your mind and body to sleep. So, you know, another big thing, I get this all the time, Devin, I cannot shut my mind off at night. I have this racing mind. I'm thinking about all the things that I didn't do or have to do, like, you know, and it keeps me up. And, you know, my, my response to that is you got to have a bed buffer. Like our brains are not like light switches. You can't just (laughs) flip a switch. It's not, we're not computers. Yeah. Right. So we have to have space to allow like the brain to kind of boot down and Mm -hmm. close out some of those browsers. Mm -hmm. So 
that makes a huge difference and having a ritual around doing that impacts sleep for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've certainly found like my target time is 1030 and I know by about nine o'clock I need to start kind of winding down, doing things that are, whether it's, you know, reading or drawing or something that's going to transition me. And then the other one is stretching. Like I find that uh, doing my stretches and in the evening helps my body start to relax to actually then engage in, in the sleep process. But it's taken a while to kind of figure those things out. Yeah. I love that you said that. I mean, a lot of times, you know, stress and sleep are like brother and sister. They're bi-directionally linked. So the more stress you have, the worse you sleep, the worse you sleep, the more stress you experience. And we store stress in our bodies physically as tension and tightness. It builds up. So releasing that tension and tightness, you know, ideally throughout the day, but at the very least, you know, in your transition from your day to your night makes a huge difference just to, you know, do some foam rolling. You can take a hot shower, hot bath, you know, take a walk, get outside. I mean, those little things make a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, Well, how important is the, like, part of me too finds it's, it's like a routine. It's like, it's beginning kind of the habit stack of, oh, like, you know, the first thing I do is this. And then, and it's almost like training my body to say, oh, we're starting the sleep process. We're going to be in bed in about an hour. So we're like, let's start getting ready. Like it's a ritual or a rhythm that I find as part of it as well. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it, what's really interesting sometimes, like for instance, you know, even brushing your teeth uh-huh. can start to trigger, becomes a habit of to trigger your body to start to, to yeah. like get into that sleep mode. So like people that wake up in the middle of the night, you know, sometimes I'll tell them, you know, try brushing your teeth. Oh, interesting. <laughs> like yeah. start the routine again. Exactly. And because our bodies love routine. And so if you can, if you can start that routine over, sometimes it's enough to to kick the body back into into sleep mode. That's an interesting. I should try stretching. I use a a lacrosse ball and I do some myofascial release. I should do that. Like if I wake up in the middle of the night, I should try doing my, my, my stretching and and releasing on that. See if that triggers me back into sleep. Interesting. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, there's a lot of different techniques that we teach at Sleep Science Academy. One of them being stimulus control. So if you wake up in the middle of the night and you're lying in bed for more than 15 minutes, you Mm -hmm. should really get out of bed because Mm -hmm. if that becomes a pattern for you, if you link bed and bedroom equals waking up, let's say at 3 a.m. and Mm -hmm. and rolling around in bed, that's going to become a pattern, right? So we don't want that. And so removing yourself from the bedroom, going to do some stretching, maybe brushing your teeth, listen to some soft music, reading a book under low light, you know, that's the most ideal thing you could do if you're somebody that has restless sleep. To, yeah. Because it's it's all about anchors, right? Triggers yeah. and anchors. So yeah. we want bed and bedroom equals sleep and sex, nothing else. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious, how does sex play into the whole sleep routine stuff? Clearly, they're connected or there's, there's a kind of a, a physiological connection. But what's the pattern or what have you noticed between the connection between those two? Yeah, that's a great question. I actually filmed the video on my YouTube channel, Sleep Science Academy, about this. Because sleep has such a big impact on our hormones, yeah. it makes a huge impact for sexual performance. Yeah. And a lot of people that have, you know, erectile dysfunction, you know, I speak to people that have really bad chronic insomnia every single week all over the country. And that's one of the questions I ask them in the intake. Hey, you know, is this affecting your, your intimacy with your, with your spouse? And almost, I'm not kidding you, nine times out of 10, they say yes, because, you know, again, stress and sleep, if you're stressed out, you know, your testosterone is going to drop through the floor. Yeah. 
And again, if you're not sleeping, your body's not recovering, it's not, you're not getting into deeper stages of sleep or testosterone and growth hormone release. And those are like, that's what gives you that drive. That's what, yeah. that's where that performance comes from, you know? Well, and there's a connection. I mean, the whole climax connection is the sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system kind of connection and stuff. And so I, I always find that like, if I'm not sleeping well, that that's hard. It makes it more difficult in bed. A hundred percent. Yeah. And again, it's like, if you're stressed out, like think about the time, anyone that's listening to this, the times that you've been under tremendous amount of stress, like you're not in the mood to, you know, it's just like, you just, you just want to get sleep yeah. or you're just, you just don't have the, the juice yeah. to, to really be intimate with your partner. And that's, yeah. that's a big problem. Yeah, exactly. I'm curious how much of this is physical and how much of this is psychological. Like as you kind of look at, you know, what, why we sleep and, and the things that go into sleep, is there, you know, we've been talking about kind of the, the physical recovery and, you know, the physical changes your body goes through through sleep, seeing of thoughts and, you know, kind of the psychological aspect of what sleep does for us. Oh, man, so much. Most people, the people that I help that have chronic insomnia, the biggest problem they have is not physical. It's almost always psychological. Yeah. And it, again, talking about the stress, sleep and stress connection, what happens is, you know, again, when your body's not sleeping, you're experiencing more stress, you know, racing mind, you're racing, your body is just in a constant state of stress. And most people are in a constant state of stress just because of the nature of how we live. So yeah. disconnected from, you know, how we sh- really should be living, you know, and so so much of getting quality sleep and so much of performance really it starts in your mind and for people that have insomnia what happens is they get stuck in this paradox uh, because sleep is not something that you can force or control and what happens is they try to they try to start to force and control it and the more you try to do that the worse it gets because sleep is something that naturally happens and when you get your mind out of the way of your body yeah. No, it's actually, it's kind of that, um, <laughs> the more you want it and the more you focus on it, the less likely it is to happen. It is kind of that the conundrum that it's have. frustrating it, for, for people. It's extremely frustrating, especially for a lot of times, high performing type A people experience insomnia because their personality type, they're drivers yeah. and they want to get things done and they're all about efficiency and all. And what happens is that doesn't work when it comes to sleep. Yeah. It doesn't work. It's the one thing, the harder you try at, the worse you get at. Yeah. So I I can't tell you, like, if, if I took a poll of all the people that I support, I would say most of them are type A's yeah. for that reason, because they yeah. just get stuck in this paradox and they don't know how to get out. Yeah. Are there things we can do throughout the day? I mean, we've kind of been talking about kind of the sleep hygiene and the routines just before sleep and stuff. I mean, are there things you can do on a more global basis in terms of habits and lifestyle that are going to be conducive to better sleep in general? Yeah, 100%. I I like to say a great night of sleep happens as soon as you wake up. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because absolutely everything you do throughout your entire day is going to dictate how well you sleep. And so one of the simplest things that people can do, and it's it's so easy, but because it's so easy, people don't do it, is literally have transitions throughout your day. So just release the pressure valve. Like most people go back-to-back meetings, back-to-back, you know, they're running all day. And then they expect their mind and body to like just stop at night. It's like, come on. Like, it's like, I don't get it. So just having breaks throughout the day. And this is something we teach in in our academy. And we work with a lot of like lawyers and and doctors and people like that. And just even a couple minutes of like deep breathing, diaphragmatic breathing, just, you know, in between your meetings or whenever you can makes a massive difference because it's just, you got to start to retrain that parasympathetic. We're so 
sympathetic dominated because of the culture we live in do that as transitions throughout the day. Yeah. And let's talk about kind of supplements and things like that, because I know that there's lots of stuff available or, you know, on the market, both pharmaceutical and more nutraceutical that are designed or pitched as being sleep aids in different forms. What, what's your take? Anything that is concerning, anything that actually works pretty well, or is this something that like you just generally don't recommend? Give me a take on that. Yeah. So if you have insomnia, and let me just explain that. Insomnia is you have trouble either initiating sleep or you can't sleep throughout the night for and it's more than three days a week and it's impacting your daytime performance that would you be classified as having insomnia chronic insomnia longer than three months then a supplement is not going to solve it if you're somebody who you know occasionally has a bad night of sleep or is looking to optimize your performance and see if they can get a deeper quality of sleep, some more bang for your buck in the hours you're sleeping, then there are some cool levers you can pull with nutraceuticals and and supplementation. You know, melatonin is one of the biggest ones that I get asked about. And there's conflicting research on that. Some people say melatonin it is a hormone. And actually, surprisingly, and very interestingly, it's actually regulated in the European Union. You cannot buy melatonin over the counter. Oh, interesting. Because it's a hormone. Mm -hmm. So it'd be like over here, like just going to buy some testosterone over the counter without a prescription, kind of same kind of concept. Yeah. Um, But here, you know, melatonin is, is you can just, you can, you can just get it at the drugstore. And some people argue that supplementing, you know, with melatonin can inhibit your natural production of melatonin, Mm. which happens when the sun starts to set. That kind of is what, what happens in the body. So I'm not a huge fan of melatonin, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's something that I think it's temporary. And depending on the supplement and quality of the supplement, it, it can be helpful with traveling across time zones. Magnesium is, is a great one. I am a big fan of magnesium. You know, using it uh, topically is the best way. Spraying magnesium on your body is actually the best way to have it be absorbed into the blood. Um, magnesium helps relax the body. You know, there's there's a ton of different things out there like valerian root and kava kava and, you know, CBDs super popular mm-hmm. over the last, you know, five years specifically, but, you know, decade. And, um, you know, some of these things do actually help. And so you got to experiment in my, in my new book that's coming out in January called The Sleep Advantage. I have a whole chapter on sleep supplements and how to optimize your regimen with oh, sleep yeah. supplements. Yeah. So, because it's, it's a really hot topic and and people want to know like, Hey, how do you know, which supplements should I take? Um, how much of these should I be taking? And I'm a huge fan, Bruce of mushrooms, huge fan. I interesting. Yeah, I am a mushroom man. Now, are these the, uh, psychedelic kind or all types, all types of mushrooms. Um, but specifically for sleep, Rishi is an incredible, incredible support for sleep. It uh-huh. helps with adrenal fatigue. Uh, it's an amazing, it's an amazing supplement to put into your routine. I'm a huge fan of, of, uh, Rishi, you know, Chaga, Cordyceps, uh-huh. Maki, Shiitake. There's a ton of them out there, yeah. but for sleep, Rishi is a really good one. And, and so, how do you take these? These are, these are at a sort of pill ground format or a tea or how do you, what, yeah, how do you recommend? I, I do a tea. Uh, mm-hmm. I do a tea. I also have powdered. There's a company that I use. They, they have a product called the ultimate shrooms and it has a bunch more mushrooms than just reishi in it. But uh-huh. yeah, I just make a tea out of it. But yeah, mushrooms are incredible. I'm a huge fan as far as using mushrooms for, for, for all, all different purposes. But, but anyway, yeah, so we could go down a rabbit hole and obviously we could talk about this all day, <laughs> as you could tell. Uh, so I want to, I love it. 
Yeah, I want to open it back up to. Uh, if no, that's any- fine. Yeah, I want to make sure that we, uh, you know, kind of get a sense of your business and how you've really kind of built, you know, a company around this. So, tell us about the academy. Tell us about the book. Like, how have you built a business? Who do you help? How do you help them? Yeah, so Sleep Science Academy, we 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 say we solve insomnia with science. So essentially, it's uh, personal sleep coaching with online sleep education. And we have a holistic eight-week program that we take clients through. Most of our clients are high performers, but we work with anyone really that has chronic insomnia. Mm-hmm. And we, we teach them the steps over the course of eight weeks, and we measure and track everything using the Oura Ring. And it's a very, very effective program. It's, it's amazing. We hear all the time, like, this is like a miracle. And that's, that's what really makes, I'm most proud about that. And it took a long time to really develop the yeah. specific protocol and frameworks and everything. So that's what we do at Sleep Science Academy. It's really geared more towards helping people that have chronic insomnia. Mm-hmm. I am coming out with a book, which I'm really excited about. I've been working on for a long time, The Sleep Advantage. That's more for people that don't, you know, just are interested in sleep and performance and uh-huh. want to know how they can get the most bang for their buck. So if you're sleeping seven hours, how can you make those seven hours the best seven hours possible yeah. so that you can show up with more peace, power, and presence? And that's coming out in January. And again, there's a whole chapter on sleep supplementation. Talk about a lot of these things that we talked about in greater detail. How do you actually implement them? And um, it's really, you know, it's called the sleep advantage because I believe when you're sleeping great, you have an advantage. Yeah. Uh, the subtitles optimize your night to conquer your day, you know? Um, so yeah, like pumped about that. And yeah, and then I, I do work with some uh, you know, high-performing entrepreneurs that that just want to increase their performance as well, and on yeah. uh, outside of sleep as well. It's not like something I advertise, but there are a handful of people I do support in in that way as well. Yeah, that's great, Devin. If people want to find out more about you, about the academy, about the book, what's the best way to get that information? Yeah, you can go to devinburke.com. It's a D-E-V-I-N-B-U-R-K-E.com or sleepscienceacademy.com. So you can find all the all the good stuff there. Great. I'll make sure that the links are in the show notes. Devin, this has been a pleasure. Great conversation. Fascinating. I took a lot from it, and I hope everyone in the audience did as well. I encourage everyone to... Uh, appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Bruce. You've been listening to Scaling Up Services with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at scalingupservices.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at scalingupservices.com slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.